You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. And our guest in studio this segment is Chris Simpson. He is the president of Christian Businessmen's Connection International. Just started that in that role in 2022 and has been pretty busy traveling ever since. And I'm so glad he's taking a few minutes to let us know what does it look like to be a leader in 2023. Good morning, Chris. Bridget, Eric, thanks so much for having me again. What a pleasure. I thought, you know, with your former life, I thought you'd have this travel thing figured out. You just were telling us you still don't have this travel thing figured out, do you? <laughs> you know, anytime you're traveling across the planet, your body's <laughs> going to take its hold. And my, my wife and I and our ministry coordinator, we just got back from, from a massive swing by our Asian partners over in, in Taiwan and South Korea, Singapore, Malaysia. And, and despite the, my comfort level uh, over my history of travel, it never gets easy to travel across the planet like that. So we're still in recovery mode. <laughs> but, but for good reason, because there are business people and leaders really across the globe, but some of these principles really remain no matter where we're talking about. Before we jump into some of them, I just want to get a definition. When you say leader, who are you talking about? Because there could be some people listening who don't think you're referring to them. That's right. And I think we all understand that, that whatever your title is, every Christian, we have a sphere of influence in our life. Like every one of us has people who God is uniquely orchestrated across our path for us to have impact upon. And so by definition, if you're a Christian, God calls you into leadership, leading in your homes, leading in your workplaces and community. So when I speak about leader, I'm talking to every single man and woman out there who every day enters that workspace, no matter what that looks like, because God has a calling upon their life. Mm-hmm. All right. So we spent time over the first uh, conversation we had with you over the first five. So we're going to jump into the sixth one. But before we do that, I think the very first one is the... It's like the first domino. If we don't hit that one right, nothing else is going to work, right? So tell us about the importance of walking daily with Christ our Savior. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every day we have the opportunity to take a step in the right direction or the wrong direction, right? And so if we begin the day saying, Lord, I'm inviting you into this space. Father, today, whatever you have for me, I want you to enter in. I'm inviting you, Father, into this. And it really begins with entering the Word, entering in the Word, time in prayer, uh, really concentrating and honing your mind on what God would have for you that day. Because every one of us, we have human strength, right? We can walk our day out in our human strength, but, but by definition, we are finite incapable of falling and breaking, right? And so as we invite the Lord into that space every single day, we're saying, Lord, would you empower my steps today? Father, would you, the things you call me into in this moment, I'm inviting you to strengthen me in this. And so walking in daily intimacy with Jesus Christ is fundamental to what every single one of us must do as leaders in our homes and communities. You also talk about living a life of generosity. What does that look like in in your description here? Well, you know, a life of generosity, um, people have kind of their own definition in their mind, but uh, let's talk about kind of the reality of this. There are two paths in life. So, so there's a path in where you serve yourself that, that almost always, if you're, if you're honest with yourself, a path that where you're serving yourself only always ends in disillusionment and loneliness. And yet there's another path where you serve God and other people that always tends to end in empowerment and encouragement. And so that's the reality, right? So you take a choice there. Am I going to serve myself or am I going to serve others? To serve others means I'm giving of myself. I'm overflowing the borders of my own life into the lives of others. And I believe if you're, if you're really honest with yourself, that is a life of deep fulfillment. Like to give of yourself really is a 
life where God says, I'm going to give to you so that you may overflow your life. And there's growth in that. And there's power in that. And so CBMC members, Marketplace Ambassadors, we understand that to live a life of generosity means that I'm not living for myself. Rather, God has blessed me so that I may overflow those borders into the lives of others. And I will experience an incredible fulfillment of life that I would get in no other way. You mentioned that whole answer when talking about generosity. You didn't mention a dollar at all. You you didn't mention finances at all when you talked about generosity. Um, there's more to life than just finances is what you're saying, right? That's so true, Eric. In fact, you know, the greatest asset that we have uh, is our time. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we, we, we tend to put that on the side and think, oh, it's just, it's just a throwaway. No, t- time is the one thing that I can't make more of. Like, like you and I, we can all make more money. We can, we can buy more things, but we can never gain more time. And so how we invest those is incredibly valuable. Right. So when a person carves out time for me to spend time in fellowship with me, I, I don't take that for granted because I understand the value of that. Right. Those are those are precious moments. And so when I say living a life of generosity, that includes definitely includes the time that I have in my life with people. You also talk about applying biblical principles in all areas of life, which I think is is key to keep in mind, because sometimes we think, OK, the Bible is something I focus in on on Sundays, perhaps. But how does that apply Monday through Saturday? And you're saying it, it really does. Right. The, the depth of life we all want cannot be found outside of Christian obedience. It is what it is. Like, I I don't care how loud the messaging of the world is. What it comes down to is the life that we all desperately want, the depth and fulfillment that we're seeking for cannot be found outside of Christian obedience. It just can't. You know, in fact, um, we can walk through our days being double-minded man and woman. Like, what does that mean? That that means, well, I want a a life of fulfillment and death. I don't want to to make the sacrifices and walk in obedience to achieve that. That's a double-minded person. In fact, God reminds us of that over and over again. A double-minded person will will never flourish in this life. And so what we're saying, if you apply the biblical principles to every part of your life, not not just your finances, not just your marriage, not just your, your community life, but all of them, if you apply what God says into all of your life, then you will find a depth and fulfillment that you can find in no other way. Mm. Well, that really does jump into the next one where there's a standard that needs to be kept. That standard needs to be excellent, and that excellence needs to be marked by integrity is what you're saying. That's right. So maintaining a standard of excellence with integrity. You know, we're already wearing the jersey for Jesus Christ, right? Mm. People already (laughs) see us. If we're honest about it, people know the team we're on. Right. If we're open about our faith, they understand who we are. So there's an expectation that comes with with who we are. In fact, God says, don't bear my name in vain. Right. If you're going to wave my flag, don't bear it in vain, my son or daughter. Right. And so as we're entering into our spaces and into our work and our homes and communities, uh, there's an expectation that we will live a life of integrity. Right. That we will live a life of excellence that reflects not who we are, but the God that we serve. Well, the saying is people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And that leads really well into your ninth principle. Right. Generally caring for people. And Bridget, it's if you're strengthened by God, it is so that you may bear a greater weight in his name. You know, a lot of people think that that if I'm blessed, it's so that that really that that I can be strengthened in my own life. But the reality is, no, it's, it's not it. God blesses us so that we may bear a greater weight in his name. That means taking my strength, taking my influence, taking everything that God has given me and and saying, I'm not here to lift myself up. How can I use this strength to lift up other people around me? You know, um, the most loving person anyone should ever meet should be a Christian. Like as you're going through your day and you're you're encountering people constantly, uh, care for them. Show them who your God is. Allow his love on you, reflect off of you 
onto them, and they will feel the genuineness, the authenticity of your care. Okay, we're talking to leaders, uh, and we mentioned everybody's a leader, but there are a people who are in charge of things. Let's put it that way. They're, they're a leader, and they're in charge of things. Um, as that type of leader, we're talking about generally caring for people. Hard decisions do have to be made. How do we do that with integrity? How do we tell, I need you to come into my office for a moment and tell them that their services aren't needed anymore or something like that? That's a very hard, it doesn't seem like it's caring for people, but uh, how does a person, a leader do that well? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Eric. You know, sometimes the most loving thing we can do is have difficult conversations with people. And we, we tend to not want to have that. Have right. that but, <laughs> yes. but, but there's a reality to that, right? So sometimes the most loving thing I can do is intermingle my tears with someone who's walking through a bad time. At other times, it's having a difficult conversation, you know, entering into their space and saying, hey, brother, sister, you, I see something that's happening here and we need to address this. And this is going to be a difficult conversation. But because I love you, I'm going to have this. Like it's so much more loving to address these things in people's life than, than rather to allow them to sit, allow that wound to stay open and, and them to think the whole time that they're doing okay. Hmm. And yet, as a leader, we're called to make difficult decisions and have difficult conversations. But, but know this, it is loving to do that. If you enter into that with a heart of care for this person, you know, they'll feel that. They'll sense, they may not like the result of what you're saying, but they'll understand that you're doing it because you love them. And that all begins a relationship. As a leader, you have to show your people that, that work under and for you that you care for them. Like it's not just about signing their paycheck. It's about, it's about you together, walking out your callings together. And if they begin to understand that, from the relationship, when you begin to have those difficult conversations, they'll also understand that you're doing it because you care. We are talking with Chris Simpson, who's the president of Christian Businessmen's Connection International. And the number 10th principle is about living out God's call on your life, which I love this because you've got to have a laser focus. You've got to have clarity if you're going to live out God's call, right? That's right. Sometimes we, we, we tend to mistake um, our career for our calling. Right. Mm. Like the career, the career actually is a resource, not an end. Like your calling is the end. Your career is a resource for that end. Now, much of what God calls us into, it can be intertwined with your, with your career, but it's not the end. And so the calling is something distinct uh, upon a Christian's life. And know this, that the impact, the destiny that, that God would have for you requires that you walk in the footsteps that you were created to make. You know, many of us, especially in the marketplace, we see people who are incredibly successful and we want to, we want to mimic them. We want to be like them. We, we want to take their example and, and, and look and act like them. But, but here, here's what God says. God says, look, um, I've created you with uh, authentic uniqueness because you have a certain destiny that no one else has. And so for you to walk out your calling requires that you step in the footsteps that you, you were created to make. Not in someone else's, not on someone else's path. You, you may garner some, some great, some great uh, examples from them, but, but don't walk on their path. You'll end up playing out of position. You may give average work playing in someone else's position, but you'll give A plus work playing in your own. And that's what God says. He's like, I've created you to have unique impact. Your skills, your wiring, your personality, all of the giftings that I've given you, they're for you to have impact in your destiny. But walk in the footsteps I've made you to walk. Look at others, admire others, but don't try to be them. Your calling is yours. And when you do that, you'll see me work powerfully through it. Okay, when I was in Little League Baseball, I played left field, right field third base, first base, I pitched, I, I caught. Okay, I played all those positions. If I were to progress in baseball, those positions would get less and less and less and less. So eventually maybe I, I if I was playing college ball, I maybe played first base and then pitched. If I was then drafted, they would say, okay, you got to pick a position and you're going to be the pitcher. 
when it comes to calling, we have this wide variety of ideas and what we want to be and who we think we are and all. How do we tone it down so that we understand, okay, this is my calling. I'm a pitcher or whatever it is. How do we do that? Right. You know, I found it's very kind of ironic to me that that when a man or woman uh, begins to to live a life of faith with the Lord, uh, they begin to, to think, oh, well, I have to do something. I have to do something different. I, w- I want to serve the Lord. And maybe I should go into ministry. Maybe I should do this and that. And I, 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 t- I asked him, hey, can, can I ask you to tap the brakes just, just quickly on this? Like everything that God has equipped you and given you up to this point isn't so that now you can drop it and go do something different for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> all of these giftings, all of this equipping right, that you have, the passions, the personalities, the bents in your life have been given to you so that you may use those for his glory. Mm. Don't, don't say, now I want to serve the Lord, so I'm going to drop everything he's given me and go do that. No, rather take inventory. Take a real honest inventory. Okay, I'm going to start from the inside and look at my heart. What passions do I have? What skill sets has God given me? What opportunities has he provided me? When I begin to take an inventory of those things, the the, the calling begins to clarify itself. Don't think you have to leave those things to serve God. Use those things to serve God. That is where your calling is found. And it's so helpful to have other people speak into our life because sometimes we just can't even see those things that we do naturally are gifted in. It's so helpful to have other people speak to us about that. Bridget, that is an incredible point. And, you know, one of the things that we we understand in, in CBMC is that, that we're not called to live this out independently, right? We're called to live in community. And what we do is we create discipleship relationships so that, so that other mature Christians and, and younger Christians can come together because there are times in our life where perhaps we're, we, have, we have blind spots. Like by definition, we can't see them. But, but our brothers and sisters who, who God has interlocked arms with can say, hey, I see something in you. I see an anointing upon your life. Hey, I see something that perhaps God is calling you into, and we need those voices in our life. If we ever think we're going to be able to walk out the Christian life on our own, we're, we're, we're really confused because God has not given us the authority to do that, nor the capacity. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, this is really good. Yes. I, I think it, it's helpful for us to understand that uh, there are certain things that are our calling, and we can never avoid that. I'm a parent. I can't avoid that. That's my calling. But I have to um, work through these other things. How do I care for those that I'm called to serve? How do I uh, do that with excellence? And all these things that we're talking about here are so important to us. Um, and then it helps us as we move through. I'm sure you never thought that you'd be in the seat you're at now 20 years ago. I mean, that just, it helps us as we move through life to understand that all these things might more for change, but the Lord's in it through all of these seasons of our life, isn't he? That, that's mm-hmm. so true. And I think as we, as we begin to walk with God, you know, more frequently and more intimately, we really do become sensitive to the Holy Spirit's guiding in our life. Mm. Like you, you really, like the smell test really gets really good. Like you're like, you know what, this, this seems like something my father would say, or, or mm. on the contrary, uh, that is absolutely not something my father would say. And so we begin to be able to, to identify the, the path a little more clearly. God, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's moving in our life, and it really does help. We begin to see paths that are open to us and others that, that, don't, that don't really coincide with what we know about God in our life. We're like, you know what? That's not my path. Mm-hmm. Like, like, as we begin to understand God's character in my life and how he's working, um, our capacity to say no to certain things and yes to others begins to clear itself up. And that's very helpful, mm-hmm. especially, especially as other people begin to depend on you, mm-hmm. right? As, as you're leading people in your home and in your church and communities, as other people depend on you, they really expect... Uh, that a Christian leader would have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and that's discernment and wisdom, and that's a gift from God. Mm. It truly is. Okay, before we let you go, any events coming up for the CBMC? 
Well, you know, at CBMC, we have events every single week throughout South Florida, mm-hmm. uh, in Dade County, in Broward County, and also in Palm Beach County. Uh, we have outreach events in, in Boca Raton and down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, please go to CBM, cbmc.com to, to, the, to view the events for South Florida. There's always things happening. Uh, CBMC International, um, we're always doing things internationally. Uh, I would love for you to, to visit our site as well to see if you have friends overseas that would love to get connected with other men and women who are following the Lord's calling in their life. We're always available at CBMC int.org. Excellent. We've got a link to to that would be helpful, especially the South Florida chapter right at our webpage, ericandbridget.org. Chris, thank you for coming in again and really encouraging us through this morning. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. God bless you all.